I'm talking about, with each of my guests, real-life American culture. This is not some bloated, overproduced mass media conglomerate. Um, this, is, this isn't even polished. Uh, this is raw. Welcome to Deep Americana. And we are recording. I'm Ray Carney, uh, here for Deep Americana, and I'm here with Matthew Sullivan today, and we're going to talk about his experience in life and, and some other things here. Let's see. So, tell me about uh, about your life. You tell me that you've been bullied your whole life. What, is, what does that entail? What does that mean? I'm uh, afraid you were going to be very general with your questioning. I mean, you know, it's kind of a lot. Well, just tell us about what you're comfortable with talking about. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> um, sorry, I kind of, I'm just coming down from a cold right now, actually. That's okay. Did, I mean, ask him something specific. I, I will. Hold on. Uh, so, very much so. You Didn't you have bouts with depression and things of that nature due to being bullied at your job and, and other places? I'd say that's kind of an understatement. Then tell me about it. Well, I mean, it's really easy for me to feel depressed. You know, I, I'm not really the most to uh, explain, man. That's know? okay. That's okay. Um, like, it's just, yeah, I get bullied all the time. So, okay, let me be more specific, it is, it's, uh, and I feel you on that. Um, so like at your job, I remember you were telling me about that um, you're, you're at the post office and that it took some time to get hired on and the people that were temp got screamed at, yelled at, bullied um, with no repercussion, right? Right, well, I mean, you know, you basically, uh, you start out as either um, an assistant, if you're going to be a carrier, you're going to be an assistant carrier, which basically, um, you know, you're still going to be coming in at, like, you know, the regular times that all the other carriers come in, because that's when we're at least pretty close to those times. Right. But, um, you know, I was a clerk, um, and you, so they have full-time clerks, and then they have the part-time, um, what they call them, PSCs, and that's what you start out as, and... Basically, you have to be a PSC until something, this, this a process occurs in their system where they have an open, an official open position in the system for that location that you're working at and until someone's able to fill it, um, or until, until rather, um, no one fills it from, who's like a regular or anybody from any other part of the country that can see the job listing online doesn't want it, then they pass it down to the PSCs. And that process can take anywhere from, you know, it took one lady, you know, apparently three months. She was barely there only three months and she got converted. And then, you know, I was there for over a year. I was there for about a year. You know, there was, uh, I was talking to some girl when I was doing training to become, you know, for the window uh, to actually work on the teller. Um, there was some girl in the Tampa uh, airport office that had been there for three years and hadn't made her regular. And, uh, I mean, the worst part about just not being a regular is the hours. I mean, it's mandatory 10 to 12 hour shifts. And, um, 
you know, and they're super anal about making sure you're clocking in on. So there's no, there, there's no wiggle room on that. You know, it's, it's. Uh, and, and I mean, if some, if you're the kind of person who you have the life where you can sink that much time into a job and you can make that, the overtime that they pay is really good. But um, I mean, the, the problem that I was dealing with was this, my my boss. My boss was. Um, a really, I felt that she was just a really incompetent woman who didn't deserve her job, and she was very disrespectful to everybody around her. She would, um, uh, she she was very self-conscious about. Uh, she, she, she was insecure. She had, she thought everybody was like you know disrespecting her behind her back, and, right. um, and projecting all those insecurities onto everybody around her, and um, it, it, like. Um, you know, she would go on witch hunts to try and, like, you know, not even trying to determine, like, you know, if something, not not even, just just trying to find fault, just trying to get people in trouble. She would go on, like, witch hunts and shit. Right. And, uh, you know, wasting everyone's time. She would waste time. I mean, just, I mean, I was there for, like, like I said, a year, and pretty much every day I was there for, like, 10 to 12 hours, and it was, you know, it was, you know, I, I, I had to spend so much time just pushing my feelings aside because, you know, I, I felt so powerless and it's like, you know, I, I live alone and, uh, before I was, uh, you know, living alone, I was living with my mom and my stepdad and they don't really like, you know, they pretty much live their own life and they wanted me to get out of their house as quickly as possible. So I've, you know, just been, you know, dealing with all this shit pretty much on my own, you know, since it's been happening and fucking... Yeah, I mean, the post so, office made a lot of money, but I wasn't really, it, it made me extremely unhappy. Well, right. Did, didn't it, in some cases, couldn't it take like five years to get hired on in there? That the temp process sounds pretty horrible. If you're a carrier, yeah, the carriers, it could be like five years right. where you're in the temporary stage. Right. Yeah, and they don't work the regulars near. They don't. If you're a regular, you don't do the ten to twelve hour days. It's only like it's only for the temporaries because it costs too much to pay the full time people that much. Right. And they, they stick that shit on the people who've barely been there any time, who know the least about working it, and they're going to be working the least efficient. Right. It's just it's a really fucked up system the way the USPS has it, and it's. Yeah, it's 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 good if you're if you've been there. If you're a guy who's like, I've been working here for 25 years. It's a great job. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's great for you. But right, anybody right. trying to get in there right now, it's it's painful. Well, you know, and that that's just it with that too. Is that that's not the only company that has that model. You know, there's temp agencies that hire people that take three to five dollars cut off the top from their first 90 day paychecks and stuff like that until people get you know hired on. Which just makes that a, it just makes it a headache, I, I would think. You know, I imagine you're not the only one that's had that experience, which is it's a terrible one. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if you're the kind of person, you know, I don't want to say that, like, the post office is, USPS is horrible to its employees. I mean, if you can handle those hours at the office, and it's not every office. You will you might get hired as a PSC at an office where they only need you eight hours a day for five days a week. Right. You know, for me, it was more like six days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day. Um, yeah, that's not fucking fun. Right. Um, and at least they would never work you more than six days in a week. They would always give you at least one day off. Right. You know, I've heard of people who work, you know, fucking two weeks in a row. I could, you know, that's... 
That's just, I mean, I guess if you're doing something you love and it's not that physically laboring, sure, but I definitely did not love having <laughs> that fucking shit around all day. Right, right. Um, let's, uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about your home life? Yeah, my dad has a pretty good job and made a lot, made pretty decent money. He was, you know, making us get a six figure salary. A pretty you know, or six figure salary, but um, you know he was an alcoholic and very very tolerant, very very short tempered um, person, very very fucking lazy. Um, he had you know very very little sense of ownership, and my opinion, part his family, um, and he he liked to run away from battles. You know he didn't like to argue. He would rather you know shut somebody out than try to. You know, solve an argument, you know, really see things through with somebody. So, um, he, uh, you know, most of the times, you know, he'd go to work, he'd work a nine to five job, he'd, you know, come home probably for, you know, an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours, and then he'd go out to the bar and spend the rest of the night out there and come home late. And he'd pretty much live his life like that. And, and how did that make you feel? Well, not too good. Um, right. Yeah, it'd nice if I, uh, it'd be nice to, uh, um, you know, um, I, uh, you know, so his, back, back, uh, back when I was like six years old, it was like right after kindergarten, um, my dad's job got transferred to England and, uh, you know, that was pretty crazy. He, you know, he worked for the shipping company, and they have offices all over the world. And I guess they uh, did an international employee transfer or something because, you know, they, you know, both employees speak the same language. You know, it's not like he's trying to transfer to Tokyo or something. And they, uh, I guess it, it was some weird um, corporate thing where they, yeah, they had one of their employees from the company. It was like, there was two different companies that needed, like, a representative from each other's offices in each, you know, they needed an American over here and a British guy over there or whatever. So my dad was that And, um, but yeah, I mean, I, that's, I'm, I'm remembering when I was living over there, you know, there was a time where, um, there was a time where we were, you know, I, uh, jeez, ah, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. That's all right. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, living over in England is kind of interesting, um, but, you know, it really served to, uh, kind of derail my socializing abilities, because, I mean, you know, I kind of lost contact with everybody who I knew in kindergarten. Right, I, right, you didn't have a foundation of friends, you were just moving, right? Yeah, yeah, and then, like, I moved back to America, you know, two years later, and so all the people that I, you know, began to come to know over in England, you know, I lost. And, right. You know, and it was really, you know, it was really hard trying to integrate myself. Well, yeah. yeah, man, that that completely, and I, I've had the similar experiences there, that it completely breaks down your socialization. You don't have those crucial elements, and that messes with your head, right? Yeah, and I mean, it, it didn't make it, you know, I, I somehow became the victim of, like, some sort of rumor spreading when I was in elementary school, when I was in, like, third grade or fourth grade, and then it sort of 
sealed my fate as a you know, social outcast. You know, I, for whatever reason, so it was decided that I would be the target of a bunch of different, all these, like, anything that was, like, a person had weird or something going on, I was, I was the person who, you know, I was the kid who, uh, you know, just did all the weird stuff, who had the, had the cooties, had the, you know, whatever, who stuck his finger up his butt or did whatever, you know. Right, so right. Yeah, he became the, you know, the, yeah, it sounds like the super bowling because you didn't know how to interact. Yeah, and, um, it was, yeah, really, really lame. You know, nobody oh, yeah. wanted to talk to me pretty much my entire fourth and fifth grade year. And sixth and middle school was rough. I mean, I was in like, you know, I think I got in my first fight like a month after I started middle school. And, um, <coughs> You know, I was in like 10 fights or something like that throughout the course. I was suspended, you know, like six times. And right. I, uh, it was, it wasn't fun. You know, I... Yeah. Now, what, okay, so we're kind of like just talking about bullying in, in there, right? And you feel like this happened quite a bit of your life. Um, do you think that happens to other people? I mean, other people? I think probably. To me, and this is one of the things that I think we're naturally getting here uh, with what we're talking about, Matt, is uh, that, you know, we've got a lot more suicides happening now, right? Um, in our in our culture, especially it seems like with younger people. Um, and it's... I, do, you, do you think that's because people is, bullying is so prevalent? Well, I'll say, you know, you've just given us an account of, of that. I am another person that comes from a walk of life like that, that have been bullied due to especially not having a foundation uh, in those, you know, formative years of our lives, right? So then we don't know how to interact. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and so people single that out because they're they're developing too, and they, it just, it's this crazy thing, I think. Um, I don't know. Do you think there's any way to, to remedy this, uh, this bullying and, and things of that nature? I mean, like the national problem, the, you know, the, the big problem? Is that what you mean? In, in a way, what, what I'm really getting at is like a, a way to be able to, how, how do you think we fix that problem? How do you think we get people to quit picking on people and bullying people? Right. You know, I can't be worried about everybody else's, you know. Okay. okay. I mean, I know that's a selfish, you know, outlook, but it's like I'm so, you know, like I've tried, you know, you know, that's a big question. How do you stop bullying? You know, I really have no fucking clue. Dude. Well, yeah. is it okay if I answer the question? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know... Not everyone's going to have a perfect home or a perfect life, right? We're all going to have problems. But it seems like, just like when me and you met, Matt, we were talking about some pretty serious stuff, right? Um, didn't that help to talk about that, right? Um, yeah. I, I think uh, what it is, is to me it becomes like these education issues to where people aren't educated to recognize, oh, wow, this guy that I go to school with is having a hard time probably due to his home life. So maybe we should actually be cool to him and not fuck with him. 
Uh, and to me, that's an educational issue. Um, and we need to educate through that. But what do you think? What do you think about that idea? I mean, that makes sense to me. That's the most logical answer, I guess. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I can't tell you how we get everything around to that. Well, how, how do you view, like, uh, the problem with homelessness? Like, homeless people. How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, that's... You know, my mom and my stepdad actually kicked me out of their house, you know, about two years ago. Right, so you've been homeless. What's that? So you've been homeless. Yeah, I had to actually stay at the Salvation Army for a few days before Buddy was able to let me stay at his crib um, for the rest of the time that I had to be homeless. Right. But, um, yeah, um, it's, um, it's really abysmal, the kind of... Uh, the kind of governmental help, the, the kind of, uh, the, you know, the official support that's available to people who are homeless. Because there been so many, um, you know, homeless people. You know, when I went to the Salvation Army, um, you know, I told them, you know, I gave them my papers and I showed them, um, you know, what had actually uh, caused my homelessness and whatnot. And they, all they were able to offer me was a, uh, um, like a three-day stay there or something like a three-day temporary pass or some shit like that. Right. And it was going to be like a public, like it was going to be in a big, uh, like open area with like a bunch of other people, so, you know, in like a, a cafeteria or some shit. And I'd be like sleeping on a mat or some shit. Right. And, uh, you know, it was, it didn't seem very appealing, but luckily, you know, I was, I checked in, and then later that evening I was outside, and I was walking down the street, and I was actually, I was pretty much crying. I had my head in my, my hands in my head. Some guy approached me, and, you know, he, I guess he would, he knew that I, uh, he, he knew that I was pretty upset. He said, hey, are you, are you staying at the Sally? And he was the first thing he actually said to me. I was like, yeah, I am. I, I was, all right, that's when I was checked in, I was supposed to, but, you know. Right. And he was like, oh, well, what, what did they do? And I told him, you know, how they gave me the, um, the, the three-day pass for the, you know, staying in the gymnasium or the cafeteria or whatever. And he said, well, I actually, I have a, I stay in an extended stay room, you know, and I have a cot and a bed, and I stay with a few other people in bunk beds. But we have an extra bed that you can probably use. You know, I could probably get you in there pretty easily as long as you actually have the, you know, the service point card for the Salvation Army. So that was pretty cool. You know, he let me stay in the in that secret room, the special room, the you know where they had cots and whatnot, and a nice little shower and a bathroom and whatnot. And hey, that's up. that's pretty valuable. Yeah, that was really that was really sick. You know, I mean made things a lot easier you know, I was you know, I was really really depressed I was really upset I was like sobbing as I was walking down the thing well, yeah, well yeah man think about like our culture defines that if you're homeless you have screwed up um, what we don't define and I, I wonder if you can attest to this with like homeless people what we don't define is to you know to survive that way you know you don't have any income you have to be pretty smart and just as you're talking about, you know, you have to be really adaptable, right? Let's, I, okay. So, uh, I'm going to ask you about, okay, so through like creativity, 
what what where do you where, how, how do you feel about create do you feel like create creativity can can help with with like not only mental problems but you know physical elements and, and things of that nature i'm talking about everything from music to art to things of that nature what do you think about that yeah creativity it's a pretty good feeling i mean yeah um music is really like one of the few things that makes me feel good about myself and just makes me forget you know it's one of the few music is one of the few things that like you know, i was thinking about this today it's one of the few things that actually makes me feel like a normal person you know especially when i listen to you know some just just some really good music you know i it's one of the few things that just makes me feel like i'm not some weird like i just belong you know like i'm just part of i'm part of like um a normal existence like a, a harmonious like reality i'm not just i'm not a fucking you know this weird person that nobody likes that, you know shouldn't i feel like i shouldn't exist at times you know this you know music makes me just listen and it makes me feel so fucking amazing and good and, I mean, granted, lately I've had a lot of problems inspiring myself to be creative and play a little more guitar, but, like, I, uh, you know, I used to play a lot of guitar, man, you know, when I was in high school. That was, starting to play guitar was something that, you know, I, you know, I think I, my parents got me a guitar, you know, cheap $200 Epiphone SG when I was, like, you know, sophomore year, and sophomore, Christmas of sophomore year, I think, and, after I got that, that was pretty much the only thing I, like, I, I'd come home from school and I would spend, like, eight hours a day practicing. And pretty much barely do, do just enough homework to get by and then practice guitar. You know, no video games, no nothing, no, no fucking exercise. It was just playing guitar pretty much as soon as I got home from school. And I loved it. It was just an absolute, like, you know, it just made it completely engrossed my my mind and completely like made me forget about everything that fucking sucked it made me feel like i actually had a place like i belonged to something you right. know playing guitar made me feel really 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 good would, would you say that countered like you know some of the mental stuff you had going on perhaps i mean it's kind of hard to say at this point but you right. know perhaps right on man well right on well i think i think we, we've covered quite a bit of stuff here um, and I'm gonna wrap that up. So this is this is Ray with with Matt uh, Sullivan, and um, uh, we're we're gonna call that one good. That's it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Deep Americana. Share with others. Tell your family. Keep talking to each other out there. Peace, love, and guns and roses.